Journey to Organization, episode 137, Hannah Mason. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman, advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagambigan Personal Organization, and today I am talking with Hannah Mason. Now, this interview was pre-recorded, and so there's definitely a little bit of a sound difference, but I think that it sounds okay, so I wanted to run it because it's a great interview. It actually turned out that Hannah, who you will learn more about once the interview starts, actually kind of interviewed me and put me in the hot seat to find out how I feel about my own personal let's call it clutter. I'm not sure that it's really clutter, but what I did with Hana was really great and really helpful. And I hope that it works as an example for you on how to get past blockages when you're stuck dealing with clutter. Things you are, especially things that you are sentimental about. And I think that this interview will really, really help give you the tools to move forward in your relationship with the things that are in your house, specifically the things that are cluttering up your house. I really, really hope you enjoy this episode. It was so fun to talk to Hannah. I really have a lot of respect for her. She is an amazing, amazing coach, and she's an amazing, amazing, giving, loving person. And so if you definitely have the chance to take Hannah's course, you should do that. She's offering a free course, which you can sign up for on the link from my website if you go to balaganbegone.com forward slash podcast and click on episode 137. You'll get all the information that you need to sign up for Hannah's new course and to get Hannah's book, which we talk about. I got to say, I have read, well, I have read basically what amounts to two of her books, but I've only read half of the second and the third book. Uh, so I'm, I'm trudging along finishing it up, but I'm really, really enjoying the second and third book. And I really love it and I can't wait to finish reading them because I really find them to be excellent, excellent books. I think the best thing about Hannah is that she's just genuinely interested in helping you get to the bottom of whatever it is that's blocking you. And a lot of times with clutter, we are just plain and simple blocked. There is something holding us back from moving forward when we are separating with our things or at least attempting to separate from our things. So this episode is definitely worth a listen. I don't want to hold you back from from the interview any longer. So here is my interview with Hannah Mason. Hello, everybody. Welcome tonight. I am so glad to be talking to Hannah Mason. Hannah is just someone who I... I love talking to. I'm happy to talk to her anytime. Whenever she calls me, I'm always like, oh, it's Hannah. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I really love talking to Hannah. Um, Hannah is a, is a vitality coach and she's awesome, but she can do so much more. I'm not exactly sure what it means, a vitality coach, but I have done some coaching with Hannah and she's excellent. So I'm going to let Hannah describe exactly what she does and I, then I'll tell you again how awesome she is. <laughs> okay, we can maybe downplay the awesome part, but hi everyone. So I got the word vitality coach because I was trying to figure out how do I combine the different pieces that I do? I help people with their 
goal setting and and visioning like the you know what they want their life to look like and how to make that happen and i also help people with like all of the blocks that get in their way um, that keep them from experiencing just like joyful mental health in a nutshell. And then I've accumulated a tremendous amount of, of expertise also in the area of physical health and how these different areas really work together. And so I was like coming up with lots of words, you know, wellness and whatever coach. And then I just thought the word vitality just sounds so fun. You know, it's just like okay. has a lot of viv and vigor to it. And there's something about clearing up your mind that helps you experience so much vitality in your body. And there's something about clearing out your body that gives you so much more mental vitality also. So it kind of comes it together. Goes together. Okay. Yeah. So tonight we're talking about cleaning out, but we're not talking about necessarily internal cleaning out as we are a little bit internal cleaning out to help you with external cleaning out. So let's just get right into it. How can we better take care of ourselves and talk to ourselves, manage ourselves so that we can manage our clutter better or so that we can not have any clutter? Actually, that's better <laughs> to not have any. So my, my experience is that very often a cluttered mind is a product of um, a, a belief that's stressful. So. Okay if I'm believing something that's not true, my body's actually going to engage in a stress response, which is how lie detector tests work. They're measuring right. how true something is, right? If it's false, you get all stressed out. And one of the things that happens when we get stressed out, for a lot of people, their thinking becomes kind of cloudy. And it's hard for them to think clearly, particularly when it comes to making decisions. And if you think about decluttering, what are you doing? You have to have a lot of clarity about what you want and what you don't want. And you're making a slew of micro decisions throughout 100%. the decluttering process. Um, and it also makes it much more challenging to learn. And part of the reason that our mind kind of goes cloudy is that it seems like it glows cloudy, but it's it's not scientifically exactly, exactly what happens. Part of what happens is that we lose our peripheral vision. Okay. So we go into a stress response, like a, you might have heard it as called like a fight or flight response or an adrenal response when we're in danger or when we're believing something that's not true. So imagine, you know, you're in a forest and you see suddenly see a bear and all these hormones rush through your body from the adrenal glands and their goal is to help you fight the bear or run from the bear oh, <laughs> right? or, you know, stick your head in the sand and hope for the best. Right. So, so, so what happens physiologically is we have all of this blood rushing to our extremities so that we have a lot more strength, which is why like moms can pick up cars out of nowhere, right. you know, things like that. Um, our breath gets short. So we just like have rapid breathing. Our heart rate goes up to just pump all the energy that we need. And we lose our peripheral vision so that we can focus on the bear. Because okay. all of the little details on the outside, they just don't matter as much. Does that make sense? Yes. The challenge is that our peripheral vision isn't just, isn't just something about seeing with your eyes. It also has to do with accessing lots of parts of your brain. Okay. So in, learn, in neuro-linguistic programming, we learn that part of how you access 
memories or information is by having your eyes like shoot out to the side. So you'll notice when somebody's like talking to you, they might be like, oh yeah, I remember when, you know, and mm -hmm. auditory memories, our eyes tend to be here. Visual memories tend to be here. Emotional memories tend to be down here. It's like, it's that detailed, right? Okay. So if you don't have your peripheral vision, you can't do any of that searching. So you've gotcha. cut yourself off from a lot of your mental faculty, which is really good when you want to focus on the bear. Right. But, but not so when you're trying to figure out what's declutter. Exactly, because the decluttering is not a bear, right? You need to right. have all of your faculties and you're not just attacking a bear. Like you need to like really be able to think and think creatively and and calmly and all of that. And so you miss, like you, your brain just can't do the kind of processing right. that's necessary. It can only go after the bear. Right, so I always call that decision fatigue and it's like a real thing and people really, mm. really suffer from it. Uh, especially when they're making a lot of like rapid decisions all at once. And that's what decluttering really is, is it's making all these very, very quick decisions because you want to move it along. The second you're like, okay, I need a minute to think about it. Then it all goes downhill because it's like, I, <laughs> I once you're like, okay, I need a minute to process. It's like, nope, now I'm just going to take a rest for five minutes, five minutes turns to 10 minutes, 10 minutes turns to an hour. And then before you know it, you're left with like a big mess on your bed and it's terrible and you just sleep on the mess. <laughs> I mean, that's never happened to me, but I know a lot of my clients say that to me and it's like- I totally it's had that happen. <laughs> I'm totally trying to declutter and now I've got this like chaos on my bed which is why I'm cracking up because I can so picture that. Um, and it's like, it's a real problem. So the question is like back to that, that moment when you said, oh, I need a minute to think about this. Yeah. I, I think often what the person, and then, you know, and then it, the minute turns into half an hour or whatever right. it is. I think often what's happening is there's some sort of belief that's, that's popping up that is making it difficult for the person to just flow. Okay, right. So if I'm going into decluttering, so I'm just going to yeah. move forward. But like, if I have beliefs that are blocking me, I'm going to run away. Right. So I think that most people in that situation, there's a few scenarios. Some people are like, I need this. It's important that I keep this because I might need it. Some people are thinking, well, how do I tell Rebecca that I don't really want it, but I can't let it go. Uh, because it's sentimental, or I just really like it, even though it's not serving any purpose. Um, and I think that like, those are the two main things. Although some people are just like, they get to this point where they're just burned out. And they're like, I don't, I don't have any more capacity to make any more decisions. So at that time, I always say to them, okay, let's take a five minute break, go have some protein, like some nuts, or and like a few dates and like, up your protein, up your sugar a little bit. And let's let's start again um but definitely i think those are the two things that are mostly happening in that scenario to people so let's let's look at the one where you said i can't let this go because i might need this thing yeah oh that's a huge one yeah so and i i find that in every couple there's like the pack rat and the <laughs> what's the anti-pack rat <laughs> uh I don't know. Uh, so I'm you know, the there's a minimalist rat. and there's a pack rat. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I would definitely be more the minimalist, although yeah. I have 
all the aspects in me, but I'm definitely more the minimalist. And I'm always like trying to get rid of stuff. And my husband's always trying to hold on. on. And one of his things is like, well, what, you know, well, we might need this, you know? And that if I ever get rid of something that it turns out five years later, he needed, he'll be like, I told you so. Um, But but I think God, we're in this position where we can get something new. Right. You know, and that's what I always tell people. So um, that, that's that that belief is interesting. Like that would be, you know, if if you had that belief inside of you, that would be one to explore. But I'm curious to know for you, what's what's a belief that gets in your way from clearing space in your life? Uh, I don't, I don't. That's not, that's not my. <laughs> I have many problems, but that's not one of them. Uh, definitely, there are things that I think that I hold on to in my life because I'm sentimental about them. And I'm okay with people holding on to sentimental things, but if they're sentimental and you're keeping them, they either have to be like in a useful space, they have to be used, you have to be going back to them Um, or else what is the point of keeping them really? So is Uh, there anything that you, either like a physical object or some like emotional thing or a story that you hold on to that you have a difficult time letting go of for any reason? Okay, so I uh, I went to Parsons School of Design. I have a degree in fashion design. And I cannot let go of my patterns. I have this one pattern book that I've pretty much let go of everything else, but I have this one pattern book that I just, I worked really, really hard on it. And I like to look at it once in a while. And I said to my daughter, I'm like, please tell me you never want to go into fashion design so I could just throw this out. And she's like, I might want to, so could you save it? And I'm like, no. Uh. <laughs> so, so I'm curious to know, when you look at it, do you experience any amount of stress? No, I'm like, I feel like, gosh, I worked so hard on this. How can I let it go? Which is a feeling that a lot of people get. So when you think the thought, I can't let this go, do, does your body feel open or tight? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Every time I look at it, I'm like more and more ready to let it go. So, so I feel like I'm getting looser and looser, but at first I think it was definitely like, nope, can't get rid of this. I'm holding on to it. And it was like this feeling like I need it, even though I'm not looking at it or using it. Okay. So you need it because because maybe my daughter will want to use it. Maybe I'll want to go back to fashion design, which I totally don't. I love my job. So um, so it sounds to me like you might need it in the future, right? It's that same thing that a lot of other yeah, people have. It okay. is, it is, yeah. So we could but just I might, work on- else might need it. <laughs> so we could just work on exploring that one thought, okay. right? I need to hold on to this thing and I would say for your audience to think of, you know, whatever is your equivalent of, you know, of this book, right? right. I need to hold on to my book. Or I need to hold on to whatever it is that I have in my house. And I can think of 50 things personally at the moment. I'm looking <laughs> at a lot of them right now. Um, so I'm holding on to this thing. I need, um, I'm, I need to hold on to it okay. because I might need it in the future. Right. Okay. Or it might so, be handy or it might be useful or I might want to look at it. Any one right. of those scenarios applies so to what's a, a lot, lot of people. Right. So what's in some ways more interesting is all needed in the future. Right. So we could explore that thought or I might need it in the future. 
and they're a little bit different. They are a little bit different. Um, I definitely don't think I will need it. I I think I'm I think I'm saving it in hopes that my daughter will need it. Okay. So which a lot of people do. They're like, I'm gonna save this for my grandkids. And I'm like, what? <laughs> which is how you end up with like a tractor trailer in your yard or like one of those pod <laughs> things. That's yeah, like a very pod, American yeah. thing, those pods. Yeah, pod. Okay. So I want you to think of a specific moment in time when you were believing the thought that you needed to hold on to this book because you might need it in the future. And when I say you might need it in the future, that you is loaded to include, you know, other members of your family or whatever okay. it is. Okay. Okay. So can you share with us just enough detail about that moment in time that I could get you back there? Like, where are you? Are you sitting, standing? I'm sitting. Okay. So okay. I keep I keep it in this trunk at the foot of my bed where I keep like all my sentimental items. It's not full. I'm just going to put that out there. It's not full. <laughs> I do have sentimental items. The place where I keep them isn't full. Anyway. Um, yeah. So actually I was just looking through that trunk on Shabbat because I was reading through some of the sentimental things that I keep there. So I came across the book and I was sitting there and I looked at it for a minute and I was like, nope, not ready. <sighs> okay. So I wasn't, gonna... it was very neutral feeling. I was surprised actually. That it wasn't stressful, but you were, so you were accepting that you just weren't ready yet. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think for a lot of people, they don't have that kind of ease and calm about not being ready. They're actually really stressed out around right. on the one hand, wanting to declutter and on the other hand, like wanting to hold on. Right. And so it's, it's really cool to kind of question the thoughts that are packaged around the object. Yes. Is the motorcycle true. driving by my window, right? <laughs> the thoughts like packaged around the object that allows us to just look at the object as the object without like having so much right. baggage around it, right? I'll just say, I think the difference between me and most people is that most people have so much left to declutter that they're like, I can't, gosh, this one item, like it's, it's, it's not the one item that's holding them up. Do you know what I mean? It's the collective. It's the 500 whereas, items. Right, whereas I just have this one item, so I feel like, eh, it's no big deal. Like, right. No one expects me to throw out the letters that my husband and I sent to each other throughout the time we were dating and we were early married. Like those are very nice and sweet. And like, actually I try, we came up with this new tradition where we read them on our anniversary. And like, so for us, it's like a way to connect to our marriage. And it's like, it's nice. I don't think anybody, like, I don't, I don't think like that's something, I, it's not something that I think needs to leave. It's something that is useful. It's a tool for us. I don't feel guilty about that at all. But these other things like leftover from college, what the experience is for me um, is I worked really hard on these things. They're from this part of my life that was really important to me and I worked hard to get to. I, I want to remember them. And th that's like the feeling that I get from those those things like if I let them go maybe I'll forget that that's part of me right so that was the thing that I was going to ask you and that's what I would like I'm trying to look at you as a model for what everyone else is going through right so for you it right. might be just one object but for everyone else every one of their 500 objects that they're trying to figure out what to do with they really have this exact same challenge right they're exactly. holding on to it because either 
they're, they feel like they might need it later, or they're scared that, just like you said, they're scared that without the object, they'll lose a part of themselves. Right. And so the, the question I all often ask someone around something like, you know, I need to hold on to this would be, what are you afraid would happen if you didn't? And this was exactly your answer, right? right? You're afraid that if you don't hold on to it, you won't remember this part of yourself. And so I would love for your audience to be able to see what it's like to actually go through the process of questioning thinking. So you can decide what's more meaningful for you. You or what's more, what's more charged for you is probably a more accurate way of saying it. You're scared that you might not remember this part of yourself or you need to hold on to it because you might need it later. I think the fact that my daughter said to me that she wanted it was actually something that pushed me to put it back into the trunk because I feel like, okay, so for me, I feel like it's something I worked hard on. I actually remember so little about pattern making. <laughs> if I had to like, if someone was holding a gun to my head and I had to make a pattern, I feel like couldn't do it. It was actually one of my weakest subjects in school. It was really hard for me. I feel like it would give her a leg up if she decides to do it. And so for me, I feel like I want to be able to give my child this leg up. So for you, so the question is, what's more charged, remembering your past or helping your daughter? I, I'm not sure, honestly. I think right now so they're a little bit equal. Okay, so pick one so we can show people the process of questioning their thinking and like what, what that looks her. like. Let's say helping her. Okay, so you need to hold on to this book. Okay. Because it might help her in the future. Right. Okay, so there you are, you're next to the trunk or you are opening the trunk? Yeah, I'm like sitting in front of it, it's open. She okay, you're sitting in front of the door and I'm like, would you want this? And she's like, yes. So I'm going to take you through a process of inquiry that's okay. the easiest to teach to an audience of, of newbies. And it's a process that Byron Katie teaches called the work. Okay. So I use a combination of a whole bunch of different modalities, but this one's really the easiest to teach. Okay. And basically it involves asking a series of questions and giving you the opportunity to find the truth within yourself. Okay. So what we've been engaging in so far is we're, we're having a conversation and we've been engaged in storytelling. Right. Inquiry is very different from storytelling in that you really want to, as much as possible, just answer the question and not fall into your story. And okay. so what I often do with people is I say, oh, if you're falling into the story, it's like you fell into the swimming pool and you just want to come back to simply answering the question. Okay. 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 Great. So there you are with the trunk. I have a question for you. Okay. Is it true that you need to hold on to the book to help your daughter in the future? Yes. Can you absolutely know that it's true that you need to hold on to the book for your daughter? No. And how do you react when you believe the thought that you need to hold on to the book for your daughter? That I should have just given her the book <laughs> and let it have been her problem. <laughs> so just in that moment, right? Put yourself in that moment that there you are with the trunk. Okay. Right? And you're believing the thought, I need to hold on to this for her. What happens inside your body when you're believing that thought? 
I think I'm like a little irritated. Like, cause I think I was a little bit ready to, if she would have said no to me, I probably would have just thrown it away. Hmm. And what or, else, what, what, what else, what other sensations come up for you? Um, I think it's not, it's not worry exactly like that I'm worried that I'll need it, but more like, I think the sentiment of it, like what if I want to refer to it or what if so, I want to recall that? So I keep asking you what sensations are coming up in your body and you keep answering me what's happening in your head. And that okay. there's a, there's a validness to that. I'm just curious okay. to know if you could just be present in your body and notice what happens there when you're believing the thought that you need to hold on to it for her. I don't know. I feel like, I, I think it was a very neutral experience. So you feel just calm and present? Yeah, it was like, okay, and I put it back. So where does the irritation come from? It feel, because I wanted to clean things out. I was looking for stuff to throw away and sort of minimize the weight of that trunk. And, uh, I didn't really get rid of anything from there. I got rid of two things. So what is causing your irritation that you should have gotten rid of more or that you had to hold on to this thing even though you didn't want to? I think it was that I was holding on to that, that thing. The other stuff in there were like portfolio pieces that I felt like I felt good about keeping. Like I actually felt happy and proud of those pieces. That particular notebook didn't make me feel like happy or proud. So I think like, I was like, well, it was just something that I did and now I wanna let it go, but I can't. But you can't, right, okay. So that, that so you sound really conflicted, but when yeah. I asked you what happens in your body, your body's not communicating conflict which to me tells me you're probably just not checking in deep enough, Maybe. right? So I think close I'm your eyes. <laughs> yeah, well, this the reason I'm bringing this up is because there's a big chunk of our you know, population, particularly amongst women, who are totally like, they live from here up. And the yes, challenge okay. with that is that the way our subconscious communicates with us is through sensation. It's okay. not through like words, right? Like, so words and concrete thoughts are very frontal lobe. Okay. But sensation is more the way that our subconscious communicates. Okay. And we actually have more nerve endings in our stomach than we do in our brain. Okay. So being able to kind of be in touch with the body, it's, it's, you know, when people talk about a gut feeling, like that's a real thing. Like it's not a joke. Like it's a real My gut's thing. It's always a body feeling like nervous, <laughs> uptight, <laughs> tied up in knots. I always feel exactly. That way. So when your gut is tied up in knots, your body's trying to tell you that you're believing something that's not true. And so okay. right in that moment, you could ask yourself, what am I believing right now that's making me feel this way? Okay. And what I've been trying to do with you is really try to answer that question. And we got to this thought like, oh, I have to hold on to it for her, which sounds okay, but it's actually really stressful for you. And the so, reason I asked, can right you now we know that that's it? true? Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to talk over you, but we got had like a connection blip. Uh, actually, as it. you're talking, like I do, I feel it like in 
right smack in the middle, like right by my belly button. That's where I feel it. It's so like one of the tight. reasons that happens, it's tight or right. So some people get like diarrhea, some people get constipation, some people just get like nervy, nervous feeling. And part of the reason we get that is because remember, I, I mentioned the hormones that the adrenal glands create. So right. there are two other things they activate in the body. One is they shut down the immune system. Okay. Because you don't need to deal with a virus when there's a bear. And the other thing is it shuts down digestion because you okay. don't need to deal with your sandwich when there's a pair. Right. So when we shut down digestion, for some people that produces constipation and for other people, it's like, let's just get the food out the door as quickly as possible. And that's diarrhea, right? So <laughs> having your stomach tell you that like, things aren't good. It's like you really want your digestion working well, which means right. asking yourself that question, what am I believing right now, right? Okay. So I want you to close your eyes and imagine yourself back at, back with that trunk, okay. holding the, the pattern book. And the thought that you need to hold on to it for her, you're watching it leave you and start walking through the bedroom and out the bedroom door and out the front door of the house. And, um, it, it has keys to the local uh, supermarket, even though it's Shabbat. And so it can raid the, the ice cream section of the supermarket. There it is binging on ice cream. And here you are without the thought that you need to hold on to it for her. How are you without it? I'm okay. In fact, How's before we even... Good. It feels fine. Actually, before we even started, once you said that to me, I was like, I need to go upstairs right now and put all the pages out and recycle them. Because <laughs> uh, you just automatically, like once you're connected and back with yourself, instead of like yeah. trying to live out all of these shoulds, you immediately, immediately, like you could ask your daughter, hey, do you want this now? And my guess is she would probably say no. Um, and if she says no, that's fine. I'll get rid of it. And if she says yes, I'll be like, here, it's yours. You it's yours. It's like when my son says, hey, will you buy me X? And I'll say, no, but you could buy it with your own money. And that's when you get to see how much he actually thinks X is worth. Right. It's exactly. worth my money, but it's not worth his money. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> So it's like, she wants it as long as it's your mess and not her mess. Right. You know, actually, it's funny because a few weeks before, I had been going through the trunk earlier, and I found a whole bunch of, like, knitting samples that I had held on to. And I'm like, there's no way. I'm not going to knit. I just don't enjoy it, and I don't want to do it again. So, I'm like, But she likes to crochet, and she has knitting Like, she has all my old needles and crochet hooks and everything. So I said to her, are you interested in this? And she's like, yes. And then, like, I don't know. Last week, two weeks ago, she's like, mommy, I don't want these anymore. I'm like, no problem, just recycle them. Like, she needed to like, think about it for a minute and she looked through them and then she's like, no, nope, I don't, I don't need them. She's much better at decluttering than I am. Oh, look at that, oh, great. So yeah. she's a good teacher for you. Yeah. So what we can do, so what we can do is, Byron Katie offers this whole option of exploring the opposite of the thought. Okay. Okay, so, that for me is like the genius of her whole process. Besides the fact that it's really simple, this idea of exploring the opposite gives you the opportunity to see different perspectives. So okay. as soon as I said, can you absolutely know that it's true already that forces your vision to open up and explore 
absolutely everything, right? Like you have to right. explore the known universe for the answer to that question. And now we're exploring different ways of thinking, which gets you out of the trap of feeling like stuck in okay. one way of seeing. So what would be an opposite of you need to hold on to it for her? I don't need to hold on to it for her. <laughs> and so in order to give this thought like legs to stand on, so we need to have at least three pieces of evidence, kind of like a stool holding it up, okay? okay? So what are three pieces of evidence that it's true that you don't need to hold on to it? Um, I'm probably not gonna go back to it. Tell me how I'm supposed to phrase this. All right, so this was like, you don't need to hold on to it for her. That was, you, you need yeah. to hold on to it for her was the original. And then you're like, oh, I right. don't need to hold I on to it to for her. her. Okay, so I'm not gonna use this again. Okay. Right back. Uh, sure, these are reasons why you don't wanna hold on to it, but I think that adding your daughter was what got you kind of stuck. So okay. how is it true that you don't need to hold on to it for her? If she goes to school, she's gonna make her own. <laughs> okay. <gasps> um, I don't necessarily think that my not good pattern making skills are going to help her. <laughs> um, what happened to the leg up? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's good. She'll see my mistakes, I guess. I don't know. She can look through it and see my mistakes. Uh, and there were a lot of them. In fact, she said to me, she was like, there's so many sticky notes on this, mommy. And I'm like, yes, because the teacher used to put sticky notes over the incorrect pattern to show you how to do it correctly. And I used to leave them there because like, you know, it would be showing me what I did wrong. Um, okay, tell me, okay, what did I say already? Tell me again. And so that she'll get her own when she goes to school, that right. she won't necessarily learn that much from your patterns. What's one other reason that you don't need to hold on to it for her? Because uh, she's the one who wants it. So I don't need to be the keeper of it anymore. She can be the keeper of it. Wow. Yeah, there you go. If she, so this is actually, by the way, a big problem for parents holding on to stuff for their kids because their kids are like, well, you hold on to it for me because I don't have a house yet or I don't have whatever. And I always say to them, I'm like, if your kids really wanted it, it would live with them already. Like it was that important to them. If they've and managed like, to live for 10 years without this object, yeah. chances are they probably don't exactly. need it. Exactly. Yeah. So it's fine. like, you know, it's easy to point it out for somebody else. <laughs> that, that's their problem. <laughs> it's harder when it's your own stuff. But it wasn't actually difficult for you. You came up with those answers really fast. Right. And the reason you were able to do that was because we created a space to just ask questions and allow the wisdom you already have inside of you to come up, which is why I love this stuff so much. It's like, all yeah. I do is ask questions and then the person gets to be the smart guy. Well, the truth is, is you're just an amazing coach. And so you bring that out in people. Plus I've been following you for a while. I know I, I'm reading your book. I read your first book, which I loved. Um, do you want to talk about your books for a minute? Sure. I actually have them here in case you ask me. Oh yeah. Show with um, okay. You want to show you all the books? So I'll go quickly because because cause. Okay. Yeah. So this book, The Size of Your Dreams, um, I wrote together with my husband, Dave. He created really awesome tools for manifesting your dreams. 
and they're so simple and so easy to use. And he's like, hey, why don't we like write a fiction story? Um, he told me this after he'd already written the first draft. Oh. <laughs> and uh, without like totally in private, like he didn't tell anybody he'd written this draft and he brought me in and we really like, you know, brought the book to life so much more together as a team, which is really, really great. That's a good book. I finished that one. And it's a novel. So it just like yeah. reads like a page turner, but you're learning yeah. a ton as you go. Exactly. So that's really cool. And we have this book, which is called The Cash Machine. And all of these books are available on my website, hanamason.com. You can get them as free downloads. And right. this book, The Cash Machine. Till it cut me off. It cut you. Oh yeah, but you gotta yeah, get the free download. I read the best part of the first book, but I haven't gotten it as its own download yet. So the cash machine is also a novel that teaches. That's kind of our big passion is educational novels. So this novel teaches people how to build financial independence and how to manage their money. Um, and Dave is gonna launch next week a uh, a, a financial independence school. It's kind of like a summit where people can get an education from tons of experts awesome. around the issue of financial independence. So that's very cool. Awesome. And this is the book of stuff that we've been talking about here. Yeah. This book I is called Hold That book. Thought. And so you can share, you have a link for this book that you can share with your audience. Yes. And this book really teaches people how to go through the process that you and I have been doing. Like how to identify the thoughts that are stressing you out and question them and then shift into a uh, a different perspective that brings you more peace and that you can act upon to just live a happier, more peaceful life. Um, and I'm excited actually with this book. Uh, I just got a lot of feedback from people that they really wanted to see this stuff. Like there's, the book is chock full of examples of dialogues of me having sessions with clients, but people are like, no, 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 I wanna see it in action. Like I wanna see it like <laughs> actually happening with like 3D, not just like a 2D story. So um, I'm putting together a, did. what? That's what we just did. Yeah, exactly, that's what we just did. So so I'm gonna, you know, take it up a notch and do it even more. I'm gonna do a mini course starting on Monday. And um, I believe you have a link for that and you can share that with your yeah. audience also. They're welcome to sign up for the mini course, it's totally free. And uh, it's gonna be Monday through Thursday. So it's a lot of content okay. where people can really learn this stuff and hopefully be able to apply it to their lives. And that's really cool. I got an email just this week from someone who attended a live class I gave for just an hour. Yeah. And she, just from that class, like applied it so much to her personal life, really? um, which is really that's cool, awesome. yeah. I, yeah. Actually, I did one session with you and I got so much from that session. It was totally, like after one session I was like, Wow, I need you in my life forever and ever. Sounds good, because I want you in my life forever and ever, so that's really cool. <laughs> um, okay, so I am gonna post that link, and uh, I will get it up here for everyone to join your free class for next week and get their books. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me tonight. Uh, I just wanna be clear. I have no problem admitting that I am sentimental and I hold on to sentimental things. I don't have a problem with people holding on to sentimental things in general. My sentimental things are contained in one place and they're corralled and they have been honed and curated to the best collection. Mm -hmm. And I actually go through it and I look at it and every time I go through it, I'm making decisions each time saying, do I wanna keep this? Do I wanna let this go? And I think that that's really important distinction to, to, to say because most people who are just starting out at the decluttering stage are like, well, you know, 
I don't know. And I always feel like it's okay to not know, but it's okay to sort of make a collection of everything you have in one space and see how much you have and then decide what you're gonna let go of, that's okay. But I think it's important to really do what we just did with Hana and have this conversation with yourself, like, why am I keeping this? What is, what about it is important that I keep? Like, I think when you're afraid that like the memory goes away or the, the person who you're remembering, let's say if it's associated with a person is, mm -hmm. is the memory is gonna be less, less strong for you or something. I don't think that that's true. And the fact of the matter is, is in most cases, if this object is associated with a person, um, you're not even looking at this item. It's like tucked away somewhere. You're not gonna remember this person based on this thing because you're never even pulling out this item. You're so not engaging like with it. Yeah, you're holding on to something and it's like it's never seeing the light of day. How can it have a memory for you? As opposed to like eating on your grandmother's china and you exactly. bring it out every single week and it's just a pleasure exactly. to remember your grandmother by right. you by like engaging with these objects and bringing them back to life. Exactly, exactly. Like I use my great grandparents' crystal glasses on Shabbat if they break and they have broken, I say like, okay, stuff is meant to be used and it's okay that it got broken. Eventually mm -hmm. I won't have any pieces left, but instead of sitting there looking at it every week, I get to enjoy it and know that it's been part of a Shabbat dinner for generations. And that's like an amazing thing for some inanimate object to be witness to, you know? And I feel like that's a great thing. So anyway, um, Hannah, how can everybody reach you? Just so they can go to my website, hannahmason.com. Um, contact me here on Facebook or right. This is just on Facebook, I assume. Um, yeah. and, but really just going, going to my website, you can pop me a line, drop me a line there. Um, and really joining, joining this free course next week, I think it's going to be really meaningful for people so they can okay. learn tools for just finding a lot more peace, especially with all this like Corona stuff going on and people yeah. experiencing a lot of stress and anxiety. There's a lot of stress. So, There's yeah. a lot of stress. Okay, so Hannah, I wanna thank you again for coming on with me tonight. Um, it's been really fun talking to you. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Journey to Organization podcast. I hope you enjoy the interview with Hannah. I think it was a great one. I would love to hear your feedback, so don't hesitate to send me an email at Rebecca at RebeccaSaltzman.com or Rebecca at BalaganBegon.com. And don't forget, Rebecca is spelled R-E-B-E-K-A-H. For the links to Hannah's course and to her books, go ahead and head to BalaganBegon.com forward slash podcast and click on episode 137. If you need help getting yourself organized, then try out my new Done in a Day Decluttering session. We work together to figure out the goal for the day over a four-hour period, and we have check-ins for accountability over that whole time. It's a great and amazing tool, and I think that anybody who's struggling with that super messy corner or a super messy room or a super messy house definitely can benefit from this product. It's a great way for us to work together. And guess what? It's totally contact free. So <laughs> all you have to do is have WhatsApp video or Zoom or Skype and we can do 
a done in a day declutter in your home and make your home the happiest place to live because it will be clutter free, freeing you up to do the things you love instead of taking care of the things you don't love. For now, I wish you a fabulous week and happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.